Welcome to the Lake Show Life Podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. Now, please welcome your hosts, Jason Reed and Daniel Preciado. Another off-season episode of the Lake Show Life Podcast. Our second off-season episode, Daniel. Uh, we got to get a little consistent here. Hand up. We've been a little inconsistent. We're going to implement a podcast schedule moving forward. Uh, we're going to release episodes either Monday or Tuesday. So it's not a set in stone schedule. So sorry about that. But it'll be uh, either Monday or Tuesday. This week we chose Monday because the Dodgers are playing Tuesday. We don't want to be distracted while recording. Uh, Monday or Tuesday. And then the second episode will be later in the week. I believe Thursday was the day we landed on, Daniel. Correct? Was it, I thought it was Friday. Maybe it's Friday then. That that's that's actually sounds okay. better. How about yeah. Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday or Friday? <laughs> yes. So either at the beginning of the week or the end of the week, uh, if we record on Tuesday, I'm sure we'll do like Friday. That way we don't do like a Tuesday, Thursday back-to-back. But um, yeah, we want to implement something, perhaps bring on guests the second half, the second episode of the week. We're going to find a guest for next episode. Uh, we asked people to send us questions for the mailbag for this episode no one responded on twitter so hand up on the listeners that one's on you guys so hand up on us we need a set schedule hand up on you guys you need to send us questions if you want us to answer send questions. us questions send us questions please yeah send it on twitter uh, at lake show life send it to either of us on twitter i'm at Ichirides. daniel is at dan j preciato that's off the top of my head i think i got that right yeah um, of course or leave us a review on apple Podcasts with a question we'll be sure to answer that as well um, today, as you know, by the title of this podcast, we are giving our dream off-season scenarios. So there's a lot of rumors. There's a lot of, you know, speculation. We got names like Chris Paul. Uh, I see a bunch of Laker fans talking about Bradley Beal, even though that doesn't really make sense. But I feel like Bradley Beal's always whoever, who everyone talks about whenever there's any sort of rumors. Uh, we got guys like Derek Rose, Victor Oladipo. There's a lot of names attached to the Lakers. And, you know, even though they just won a championship, uh, Laker fans are already looking for the future so we're here to build dynasties not to build one-year title contenders right daniel yes sir so what we're going to do is taking those that speculation taking the rumors uh we both kind of conducted a realistic dream off-season scenario so obviously things would have to go the lakers way that's the whole point of it being a dream scenario but we're not over here saying you know the lakers are going to trade for stephen curry and clay thompson um that lamella ball is going to fall to them in the draft you know realistic things but Things that if I had it my way and if I was Rob Polinka and I was looking towards this offseason, this is how I and Daniel would kind of game plan for our best versions of next year's team. And then once we're done, we'll put this on Twitter. Uh, I'm going to write, I know I personally am going to write an article about this, you know, kind of outlining it in written form for those that are not listening to the podcast. Maybe Daniel will do the same. And then you guys can vote for it on Twitter, uh, on Lake Show Live comments, whatever, you know, your method of voting is. But we're both going to put our put our best team forward and see who wins, right? All right, let's do it. I guess I'll go first. Uh, I know you did it a little different. Daniel has his roster laid out, and then he's going to kind of go step by step how they're going to get him. I did like a seven-step kind of game plan, and then uh, I have my rotation after that. My rotation has 13 players, one of which is not even named, which I'll get to that when we get there. Um, I, that's also mine. <laughs> so it's kind of just like a fill-in spot. So number one, the first thing they got to do is I want to see them work out deals with three two existing Lakers, Daniel. So we know that Rajon Rondo wants to opt out and test free agency. I think he's gone. Personally, I think he's going to the Miami Heat. I just think that's a great fit for him. Uh, I don't think the Lakers should overpay because he had two good playoff series. I'm sorry. Um, I think he's gone. I think KCP's probably gone. I think there's going to be a team that... I was looking at the Minnesota Timberwolves as a team that has a bunch of cap space and has decent talent. They have Carl Anthony Towns. They have D'Angelo Russell. 
Uh, maybe they'll get LaMelo in the draft. Uh, so I see that happening, whether it's the Timberwolves or another team. So I think he's gone as well. Um, you know, and there's other people that to work out. And we'll get to that when we get there. But the two players I want to work out deals with, Markeith Morris. Okay, the Lakers signed him as a buyout option. Uh, he was viewed as the worst of the Morris brothers by a lot of the media. Clipper fans were trying to clown Laker fans because they got Marcus and we got Markeith. Uh, Markeith was fantastic in the playoffs. He's not someone who's necessarily going to change the dynamic of a whole team, but he hit big threes when they needed him to hit big threes. Uh, he played decent enough defense. He was able to play small ball five, which is important in today's NBA. Uh, I like Markeith. I really do. I liked him when they signed him, and I'm kind of just riding that train until the wheels fall off. So work out a deal with Markeith. He's not going to get a lot of money. I don't think it's going to restrict him. Um, you know, so hopefully that happens. And also work out a deal with Dwight Howard. That'll probably be a veteran minimum deal. He's not going to get more than that. Uh, he was great as a role player, even if he has a lesser role next year. Uh, I want to bring him back and kind of, you know, keep keep that continuity going with Dwight Howard. And then also on top of that, on top of working out those two deals, another existing Laker is in my dream scenario. Avery Bradley opts into his player option. Um, I don't know if he's even going to play next year. He obviously didn't rejoin the Lakers in the bubble. Concerns about his family. Um, the coronavirus pandemic's not going to go away, you know, at the start of next season. Um, yeah, they might not play in a bubble, but you know, he set, still might have his concerns. Maybe he opts out and he knows he can get more money in free agency after a bounce back year. In my dream scenario, he opts into his contract. So how are you feeling about my step one, Daniel? You like those so far? Yeah. All right. All right. Number two, another former Laker. I want them to re-sign a man by the name of DeMarcus Cousins. Boogie Cousins never played a minute with the Lakers. Uh, he was signed last year, obviously hurt his Achilles or ACL out for the season. They signed Dwight Howard to replace him. Uh, it's been over a year since he hurt his, you know, got got injured. The season's not going to start till December. He's going to be fully healthy. Uh, they could still kind of ease him into it. And I'm still, I still want to see that Boogie Cousins, Anthony Davis, LeBron James trio. Uh, that'll be fantastic. And even if we get 70% of what Boogie Cousins used to be, that's still pretty damn good. So I'll take that. I want them to re-sign him. He's not going to get a big deal. And I think, you know, they kind of did him a favor. They allowed him to continue rehabbing with the team after they cut him. They cut him for a roster spot. Um I think there's a good relationship there, and I think you know it's more likely than not that he returns in my ideal offseason. He does return, so that's number two. Number three, this is our MLE deal, our mid-level exception, non-taxpayer, ABCD, whatever the name is. It's got a long old name. I think it's non-taxpayers, mid-level exception deal. Allows the Lakers mm -hmm. to go over the cap if they need it. Uh, this will be a two, three, four-year deal, depending on what the two sides agree to. I think it's valued at like $10 million for next season. It's a, per a certain percentage of the cap. That MLE player, Daniel, a man by the name, Danilo Gallinari. I knew that's who you were going to pick. <laughs> I love Gallinari on this team. Uh, yeah, him and Morris and Kyle Kuzma, which we'll get to in a second. Uh, that's three players that are kind of similar positions, especially when you have LeBron James and Anthony Davis. But I love Gallinari as a stretch three slash stretch four. He was fantastic for the OKC Thunder last year. He said in an interview that or it was a report, but he did say that he's not worried about money at this point in his career. He's worried about being on a contending team. What better contending team to be on the Lakers? He shoots the three ball well. He shot. He's shooting above like 42% the last two years combined from beyond the arc. Uh, he's just a fantastic stretch forward to put alongside LeBron James. So I want Danilo Gallinari. Number four, I said we'll get to Kyle Kuzma in a little bit. We're getting to Kyle Kuzma right now. This is a trade, Daniel. This is a trade that you wrote about. I don't know if this is on your ideal offseason, but it's something I want to see. I want to see the Lakers trade a man by the name of Danny Green, Mr. Cannot Hit a Three-Pointer When It Matters, a man by the name of Kyle Kuzma, 
and I'm going to throw another young asset in there just because I feel like the Pacers might ask for a little bit more. Uh, Devontae Kakak. Is that how you say his last name? I probably butchered that. <laughs> Kasich. Kasich. Oh, my God. Kakak. <laughs> <laughs> Is it really Kasich? Is it really? It's it's really. It's, it's Devonte Kasich, yeah. <laughs> oh my god! I mean, I the listeners of this podcast know I butcher names. That's kind of my thing. But how did I go this long thinking his last name was Kakak <laughs> and it's Kasich? <laughs> oh I mean, that's how it's spelled. So, like, I kind of get it, I guess. <laughs> um, geez, that's embarrassing. I'm not going to cut that either. And a future second round pick for uh, Victor Oladipo. Um, that trade works financially. Look, it might seem if you're a Pacers fan listening to this, again, I don't know why you'd be listening to Lakers podcast. We didn't put Pacers in the title. But if you are, you might be like Kyle Kuzma, Danny Green, uh, Kasich, and a future second for Oladipo. That's nothing. Uh, that's actually quite a decent return considering, A, Oladipo's only got one more year on his deal, so you're not trading a lot of leverage. B, he's got injury you know, problems, and when he did come back for the Pacers last year, he didn't really fit in this team alongside Brogdon. Um, so I don't think they have that much really – you know, on hand to trade, to get for Oladipo. I think that's more than enough. Um, obviously, this is being a little bit, you know, biased towards the Lakers. This is an ideal situation. Is there a team that might come in and trade more than that? Yeah, sure. Um, but I don't know, you know, maybe that doesn't happen. In my ideal situation, it doesn't. They get Oladipo, so that's a big name. And we have another trade, Daniel. This trade, I had to make sure it worked on the uh, NBA trade machine, not on ESPN's though, because it's down. And this one, so these two trades, you can kind of interchange some of the pieces, but I think all these pieces ultimately do get traded in one way or another. Uh, you might be able to flip them from one deal to another, but in this deal, just for the sake of simplicity, I have Taylor Horton Tucker. I know he's a fan favorite. I know he's only 19 years old, but we're a long way from him, you know, realistically contributing. Um, and by the time he is ready to contribute, he's going to be up for, you know, qualifying offer. He's going to be a restricted free agent. It's just one of those things. Uh, trade THT. This is where they need help. JaVel McGee, he's on a player option. Uh, he'd have to agree to a sign-in trade. I think – I wouldn't be surprised if he does this because the Lakers could tell him, like, look, if you opt into your deal, we're going to trade you. Or you could just not opt into your deal, and then you'll be a free agent, and I don't know if any team's going to pay him $4 million next year. So maybe for him it makes sense to opt in, get traded, go to the Detroit Pistons, knowing he's probably going to get bought out at some point, and then he could sign with a contender anyways. Um, so THT, JaVel McGee. And, a 20, and our 2020 first-round pick for Derrick Rose. Again, that first could go to, for Oladipo. Uh, they could kind of manage it whatever way possible. And they get Derrick Rose. And then, oh, also, the Lakers' 2021 second-round pick, which they traded for Reggie Bullock. So the Lakers get back their next year twenty uh, second-round pick. Derrick Rose replaces Rajon Rondo. He's a better version of Rajon Rondo. He's a one-year deal, too, alongside Oladipo, so he's not a cap hit in the future. Uh, he gives the Lakers that veteran point guard off the bench that can kind of run the offense. What we saw Rondo doing in the playoffs, you know, with Rondo gone, they're still going to need that dynamic. Rose definitely offers that. Um, I prefer him over someone like Chris Paul any day of the week. Chris Paul's a better player, but he's not worth $41 million. Um, that's just my humble opinion. And the last two steps, number six, I, I want some veteran ring chasers for depth. That's naturally going to happen because the Lakers are a contending team. The only name... I circled four times with the red pen, Kyle Korver. I know he's not the Kyle Korver old. He's not going to give a lot of minutes, but he still is a shooter. He could be on the back end of the bench, and he's someone you know you could bring in for eight minutes in the playoffs if needed to hit one or two big shots. Um, and then whoever else wants to come. I looked at a guy like Wilson Chandler who's playing in China. Uh, we don't know if his uh, new contract has an NBA opt-out, so we have to wait on that. There's other veterans who are going to be chasing a ring. 
Um, but Corver was the only one I really circled. That's number six. Number seven, again, ideal situation. We've talked about this player. You probably know where he's going to go in the draft better than I do. Uh, you are a noted college basketball fan more than I am for sure. If the Lakers in this ideal situation can somehow flip that 2021 second round pick that they got for Derrick Rose in the Derrick Rose trade, if they could flip that and maybe a future second, another future second for a second this year and draft Killian Tile, I believe that is, did I pronounce his name right? Yeah, Killian Tilly. Um, if he's you know going high in the second round, whatever it is, if he's at a spot where the Lakers can actually get him in the early second and trade up, you know, trade those future picks for a second round pick and draft him, I would love to see that. Do I think it happens? Probably not, but I just I love Tile as a prospect, and I don't know much about college basketball, honestly. Uh, you said you like him, so that's how I know I feel a little bit smart for liking him. So, and I think he's someone who still gives the team a future. Um, asset in terms of someone they could develop while also potentially contributing to this team so oh also the lakers pick uh they're technically not allowed to trade it for derrick rose the first round pick because you can't trade your first round pick so many years in a row i've seen some lake show life readers point this out it's super easy to get around we see it all the time all the lakers have to do is agree in principle to trade the pick make the pick and then trade it so they'll make the pick with who the pistons want to select and then trade that pick in the trade we see it all the time that's why luka Doncic had uh, a Hawks hat on and why all these, you know, players have put hats on and they're not even on the team. Um, so yeah, that's my situation. That gives us a rotation of, I have Avery Bradley starting at point guard just cause he's, you know, familiar with the team. He's an off ball point guard. I think that works well with LeBron James. Uh, we got Oladipo at the two. We got LeBron at the three, which he's pretty much the point guard. And then we have Bradley and Oladipo as the backcourt, but LeBron at the three, Anthony Davis at the four, uh, DeMarcus Cousins starting at the five. And then the bench, I gave Gallinari the sixth man. I gave Derrick Rose seventh man. Alex Crusoe eighth man. I almost put Alex Crusoe in the starting lineup, but I got him at the eighth man. Markeith Morris at the nine. Dwight Howard is the ten. You could probably flip Morris and Howard because Howard would probably get more minutes. Uh, Kyle Korver, 11. Killian Tile 12. And then the second veteran ring chaser as the 13th player. That is my ideal Los Angeles Lakers offseason. Daniel, what do you think? I'm glad that you – see, what I was going to say when you were done was that we can't trade back-to-back years of first-round picks, but you're exactly right. Like, a lot of teams do get around it very easily yeah. by doing that. I guess just – I mean, we'll talk about my team in a second. I don't have them trading the 28th pick. I actually have them making it. Okay. And I guess I'll, I guess I'll say uh, who, they're, who I have them taking or who I want them to take when the time gets there. Okay. Um, so are you ready for my team? I'm right it's very it. similar to yours, man. It's so similar. You kept saying stuff, and I'm like, oh, my. <laughs> Let's hear it. Yeah, okay. So my starting center is also DeMarcus Cousins. Okay. Um, I think it just makes sense. I think they can bring him back on a veteran minimum, just like they would have last year. He still needs to make his NBA comeback, and I'm pretty sure the Lakers have some kind of wink-wink deal with him. Uh, because when he went down, yeah, he was still hanging around the team, which I respected. You know, it's not like he was just uh, taking the year off from being a teammate. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but when they did clear him off the roster to maintain that spot, I think that they told him, you know, like, we're going to want you back next year. Like, we're still contending. We still we still want you as a part of our culture pretty much. Yeah. So I think Marcus Cousins comes back. I don't see another team that really will pay him a lot so i think a veteran minimum with a team that looks poised to probably you know contend for another title this year uh makes sense yep obviously i got anthony davis i got lebron james i mean those guys are making up most of the cap and 
Uh, I'll preface like my entire roster by saying this. I worked out all the numbers and stuff to make sure that it fits under the $109 million cap. Mm-hmm. Um, Anthony Davis and LeBron James will make around 72 to $75 million next year, just between those two, mm-hmm. uh, which leaves the Lakers with about 35 mil or so uh, amongst other players and stuff with the cap. Yeah. Uh, so DeMarcus Cousins doesn't count towards that cap. Yeah. Uh, somebody that does count towards the cap that actually have in the starting lineup starting at the two guard is Alex Caruso. <laughs> um, I, I had to. I think he just fits with the rest of the dynamic that I have kind of laid out. Uh, he's only making $2.75 million next year, which is an absolute steal. It's it's ridiculous. Like he To me, he's more productive than a guy like Terry Rozier, uh, who signed a massive contract with the Charlotte Hornets last year. And Rozier is getting paid, I think, $18 million, and Caruso is getting paid one-sixth of that. So that's a, that's a big-time steal right there. And I, I hope that the Lakers don't include him in any trade packages. Yeah, I'm a Caruso stand or whatever. But I think from an actual basketball front office management perspective, it just doesn't really make much sense to deal him anywhere. You, you know, you got him on a cheap contract. Um, he's worth a lot hey, just because of that contract figure. Did you see the reports um, about uh... – an executive, I think it was a Lakers executive. Someone was saying, maybe it was a reporter, that uh, a bunch of teams were asking for Alex Caruso at the deadline, like asking about his availability. And everyone was kind of clowning on it, like Alex Caruso, really? And it's like, you kind of show your basketball knowledge if you laugh at the idea of a team wanting to trade for Alex Caruso. Like, if you laugh at that, then you probably don't follow basketball as much as you think you do. You know? Yeah, I think I tweeted exactly that. That's what you're talking about, right? Yeah, maybe I saw it because you tweeted it probably. <laughs> yeah, I quote tweeted it and I'm like, okay, this if you're really clowning this in the replies, you're definitely, you don't have as much basketball knowledge as you think you do. I th- because Alex Russo is more than a meme, as we've said multiple times on this podcast. He's very, very worthy, you know, on this team of getting of getting a, a large chunk of playing time. Yeah. And, and I think anybody who is not a Laker fan doesn't really – fully realize his capability on the floor when he's out there. Um, I mean, if you watch the NBA finals from an unbiased perspective, say you're a fan of, I don't know, the Celtics or some random team, maybe you see it a little bit, but you know, when you see Bleacher Report and, and ESPN constantly tweeting about Caruso, it probably gets annoying, but at the same time, he is kind of worth it. Like yeah. he's not any NBA superstar, but he's very, very good. Yeah, I, um, I I did like your tweet of you saying uh, people calling this cap don't know the NBA as well as they think I do. I even responded that they don't see the things that don't show up in the box score. So I think I just subconsciously just repeated what you <laughs> tweeted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, you know what? I do remember you responding that. I was like, <laughs> I was laughing because, you know, that's my favorite saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I know I said I got Alex Crusoe at the two guard. I mean, you kind of. I mean, since LeBron James kind of plays a little point guard, this is a little bit of a um, – this is more from like a defensive perspective, I guess, just okay. looking at the lineup. Because I also have the Lakers trading for Victor Oladipo. Okay. He's a $21 million this upcoming season, yep. which will take up a good chunk of the rest of the cap that the Lakers have. So you add up Anthony Davis and his likely $33 million, LeBron and $39 million. Uh, Oladipo is getting $21 million next year, so that's ninety three. Leave $16 million underneath the cap. And this is where I was like, wow, this is crazy. Here's my trade for Victor Oladipo. All right. Danny Green, Kyle Kuzma, Devontae Kasich, and two second round picks. Oh my God. We had like the exact same (laughs) trade. 
<laughs> exactly. I think I just threw an extra second round pick in there or something, man. Yeah. That was when you were reading it off. I was like, there's no way like, <laughs> and you know, THT could go in place of a guy like Kasich if the Lakers were to trade for Victor Oladipo. It's just, yes, he's a fan favorite. I think he's going to develop into something that is very good because he's one of the first Lakers um, draft picks that is actually a defensive dynamo. Mm-hmm. Because you look at guys like Jordan Clarkson that they got in the second round. I mean, he was never a great defender. Kyle Kuzma's not a good defender. Evita Zubats is a, definitely a great defender, but you know, different kind of defender. I mean, THT is more of like a three-two type player. Yeah. Um, so I'll get to THT in a second. But heading to the bench, I got them bringing back Dwight Howard for five million dollars. Wow, that's a lot. I think I think he's kind of worth it. He proved he proved his worth this past year. Uh, I think that he could probably get more than that from a team that isn't exactly, I mean, with the analytics of basketball, um, just because he is very much the type of center that will get played off the floor as we witnessed in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, just because, I mean, he can't shoot. He's not a stretch guy. Yep. He doesn't even have a mid-range jumper, you know, put together. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think that the Lakers, if they were to have DeMarcus Cousins and Dwight Howard split minutes at the five, with AD obviously getting his minutes at the five down the stretch, I think that that's a perfect tandem to have. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's great. So my four is also Danilo Gallinari. <laughs> <laughs> I have them taking him on for the $8 million mid-level exception, the non-taxpayers. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that he fits really, really well with this dynamic. I was between Danilo Gallinari and Christian Wood. Okay. Uh, Christian Wood was a, I mean, a big time come up player this past season for the Detroit Pistons. Yeah. And he had a stretch of games where he was absolutely playing like a superstar. Yeah. Um, I think that somebody is going to pay him like a superstar. I agree. And I don't think he would be willing to take a mid level exception, especially on a short term deal. I could expect him to get reasonably twelve to fifteen million dollars this upcoming season, something like a Danny Green contract. Um. Because at the end of the day, he did kind of come up from nowhere. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you see that upside with a guy like Christian Wood. And I know a team will gamble on him for maybe a two-year deal with a high average annual value. Yeah. Um, I just don't think it'll be the Lakers. I don't think he'll fit underneath the cap if we do trade for Victor Oladipo. Yeah. And all the numbers and stuff work the way I have them working. He's just not really an option. But I could see Daniel Gallinari. I mean, he averaged 18 points per game this past season. He could get a bigger contract than $8 million. Yeah. He definitely could from somebody. I just don't know. I mean, the guy's 32. Um, I, I just really don't know how much more he can milk, you know, the NBA free agent market for. Yeah, for um, sure. At the three, I got them playing Taylor Horton Tucker some more minutes. Okay. Um, I think that maybe, you know, if he could step in and play 10 minutes a game and start to really find his groove as an actual NBA player, I think that only bode well for him, you know, down the line. Uh, I, I really see him developing into a very, very key role player. And I don't think I've said that about any of the Lakers' recent draft picks in a while. I like Davica Zubats. I think he's probably my favorite draft pick that we've ever had in terms of value. Wow. Um, at least within the last five years or so. Okay. Um, and it's sad that he's not with the team, and we traded him for an absolute bum like Mike Muscala. But... <laughs> You know, I'm glad to see him getting paid. Uh, I just hate that it's on the Clippers. Um, at the two guard, I got Avery Bradley. I have him also opting in to his contract. I don't know if he's going to play either. 
Yeah. Uh, just because of what happened in the bubble. But I am expecting him just – I think he will be back. That's my personal opinion. I think he will be back. I think a lot of teams will not make that gamble on him. Okay. So the Lakers will allow him – they will not decline his option. They will allow him to opt into his $5 million room exception uh, for this upcoming season. Mm-hmm. That does not count towards the cap, which is would be huge for the Lakers. Because if he were to opt out, the Lakers would lose the room exception until next season. That's how the cap works. Yeah. Um, so that would be, I mean, that would be a huge bonus. You know, it's another added actual NBA role player uh, that the Lakers would pretty much lose a spot for. If it, if it wasn't Avery Bradley, I mean, that's just cutting the rotation down another player. Yeah. Um, as a backup point guard, I like the Derrick Rose route that you took. I also have them bringing on a veteran point guard, but I don't have them bringing on Derrick Rose. I have them bringing on a free agent by the name of Goran Dragic. Ooh. And he is the last guy that I have on this roster that will take up any money. And I, the way the numbers work out here with all the players I've talked about and everything, uh, the Lakers could afford to pay him 8 to $10 million. And I think if they could get him for $8 million or even $10 million, if that incentivizes him to come, I think they can land him. I think he fits really well. He's a veteran point guard. At times, the Lakers have kind of lacked that pri- or a secondary ball handler behind LeBron James. Mm-hmm. So I like the Gorange Roderick signing. He looked great, man. He looked great in the NBA Finals until he got hurt. Um, so I think he would be a, a nice key piece to bring in to kind of finish off the cap. And if the Lakers want to trade him at the deadline for somebody bigger, the $10 million cap figure is pretty – it's pretty easy to move. It's not like you're trading a guy that's making $15, $20 million. Yeah. Um, so if the Lakers wanted to go in a direction of that sort, I think it works. I mean, even it – just say, you know <laughs> – Oladipo is not the piece that works out. Almost like Andrew Wiggins. You know, Andrew Wiggins is bouncing around the league uh, with <laughs> yeah. his contract. And so is D'Angelo Russell. Same thing. Yeah. If you could combine an Oladipo and a Drogic, that would be about $31 million just trading between those two players. You could bring in some kind of superstar, you like know, Griffin? on a max. If the Lakers keep enough pieces around, um, it could happen. Who knows? I said Blake Griffin. That would be a terrible fit. I just like Blake Griffin. <laughs> I do not like Blake Griffin as a basketball player. I so like him we'll as a person. Up. He's funny. I like oh, listening yeah. to podcasts and stuff. Yeah. Any duty dunks. Yeah. Come on now. Blake uh, Blake Griffin <laughs> poster, even though we haven't seen it a lot recently, nothing better. <laughs> yeah, Lob City, baby. <laughs> um so that's the ten players. I got I mean, the five to the one, both on the top and the bottom. But my final three players, okay, I have them also bringing back Markeith Morris on the veteran minimum. I think he'll gladly accept that. I don't know what his market exactly will be. Um, He could very easily command a little bit over the veteran minimum. I just don't see him getting some kind of big contract from anybody. I think he really sticks around in L.A. We got him a ring before his brother got one. I I think he likes the culture here, man. He looks looks like a Laker. Uh, he came up big in those playoff games, and I think the Lakers will definitely reach out to his agent and bring him back. That's just my opinion. I agree. Um, I also have the Lakers bringing back Dion Waiters. Okay. And I don't expect Dion Waiters to play many minutes. Um, off that veteran minimum, I think that's all he can really get. I mean, no, nobody else in the league wanted Dion Waiters, uh, and he was out there for the taking. So I think veteran minimum that doesn't count against the cap once again is kind of the move there. 
I, I know I'm loading up on a lot of guards, but I think I think it kind of works. And I'm not even done yet with okay. the guards. Oh, okay. Because I actually have them using that 28th overall pick for themselves. Okay. And here I wrote down two players that I think fit really well on the Lakers going forward. And number one is a man by the name of Grant Riller. I don't know who He's that is. He's a two-guard. Two guard from the College of Charleston. He actually played at Charleston for four years. I like um, that. And he's 23. He's 23 already. I like that. So he is very, very experienced. He's a great shooter, great initiator. Um, I like him, man. When I watched him a couple or uh, last year at the College of Charleston, man, he, he was leading that team to the promised land, and they were not a great team surrounding him. He was just He's just one of those guys that – could very easily step into the NBA now and be a contributor. And that's kind of what the Lakers need. They can't yep. really afford to go after any projects. You know, they already got THT, even though I think THT is more than a project. Yeah. Um, I think Grant Riller works perfectly on the team. If they cannot get him, I'm going to go with Killian Tilly too. I think Killian Ooh. Tilly would work great on this team. Nice. Um, yeah, I mean, he's, a, a, he's your classic stretch four or five type. Also in the same boat as Grant Riller, I think he's 22 Played four years at Gonzaga. Yes, I want to say. Uh, yeah, so he he's from Gonzaga, but man, he perfect stretch four type that will work really well on this Lakers team. Um, he kind of faded at the end of the college basketball season, right before COVID hit, uh, when they were going to go to uh, March Madness, and Gonzaga was going to make some noise. Mm -hmm. But you know, I I think he's another one just like really that could step into the NBA and be a contributor. Uh, his skill set is very very unique. Um, and it just fits. It, it really does. I mean, he, he's a great ball handler too. Yeah. Uh, I think just overall, I think they kind of need to use that 28th pick and go after a, some kind of guard or some kind of uh, big man. Nobody, no wing. I don't think we need a wing. Mm -hmm. I think we need a, some kind of two guard or a combo guard or a big man like Tilly. I think that kind of works. Now, um, knowing what you know about the draft, you know, like I said, or about college basketball, I should say, because like I said, you were well more versed in college basketball than I am. Um, do you see a possibility where, like I said, like I outlined in my ideal situation where it would take, you know, the Lakers pulling multiple strings, but where Tile falls to the early, you know, second round pick, like he's available in the in the top 10 picks in the second round and the Lakers could somehow work out a trade where even if they do trade their 20, what is it? 29th, 28th overall pick, whatever it is. Um, yeah. Even if they do trade that pick, uh, they're able to, you know, get them in the second round somehow by maneuvering. Do you think that's possible? Do you think he falls that far? I think it, I think it's very possible. I think the Lakers would actually be reaching on Tilly if they grabbed him at 28. Okay. Um, I could probably name about 35 players that will likely go over him in the draft. Okay. I think you can even go past pick 40. I, I've seen some mock drafts and stuff that don't even have him getting drafted. Wow. And I think that it's just kind of off base, honestly, because I guarantee you inside some smart front offices, they are talking about Killian Tilly, working him into their rotation. Um, teams that are in the playoffs right now, yeah, sort of like the Raptors or the Celtics, he would work great on those type of teams. Um, and those are very smart front offices. So I, I could see the, them kind of reaching on him, just like I would hope the Lakers would do. Um, mm -hmm. I think he'd work just fine. I mean, just talking about the draft too, I think uh, another guy that doesn't get enough love is Trey Jones. And I used to not be really a big fan of Trey Jones. He's a Duke two guard, played a lot of point guard. 
I mean, he was kind of the third piece of that R.J. Barrett, Zion Williamson, uh, Duke trio. And Trey Jones, when he came out of college, was or came out of high school, was the number two recruit in in the entire country. Wow. Um, so he's kind of fallen off. I, I will admit. I mean, he's going to be a second round pick in all likelihood. But that's the type of guy the Lakers could definitely look to if they, you know, favor him to a guy like Grant Riller. Yeah. Um, I think that that would be a, a perfect piece to bring in. He's he's a seasoned college vet, uh, and you got to play one of the best basketball schools in the country at Duke. Yeah. So you mentioned uh, Grant Riller. For the listeners that aren't aware of him, like myself before today, hand up, completely honest. Uh, he averaged last season for Charleston, uh, 31 games played. He averaged 21.9 points, uh, 3.9 assists, 5.1 boards per game. He added uh, 1.6 steals. Uh, 36% from beyond the arc, 55% from two, so 49% from the field. Um, and you mentioned this with him. You mentioned this with Tile. And this is something that I also think is very important and gets overlooked by a lot of people. Like, that college experience is it, it's massive for a team like the Lakers, especially when you're picking this late. And the Lakers have utilized it already. You know, he's got four years of college experience. Uh, Tile, four years of college experience. These guys... You know, unless you get your your fluke, I don't want to say fluke, but unless you get you know the the top pick like a Luka Doncic, who are generational players, um, these guys are going to be better right away than even some of the guys at the top of the draft. I mean, look at someone like Kyle Kuzma. Uh, Brandon Ingram is one hundred percent a better basketball player than than Kyle Kuzma. He even when Brandon Ingram wasn't producing as much, he's a better basketball player than Kuzma. However, Kuzma was able to you know produce more earlier than Brandon Ingram was because Brandon Ingram was younger. His body was still developing. He had to kind of learn the NBA way where Kuzma, you know, had two to three years on him. He had that college experience, you know, they trusted him to be in the rotation more than Brandon Ingram, you know? So you have a guy like Riller and Tile who have that college experience. Josh Hart's another guy, you know, who had college experience, came into the league, you know, contributed right away for the Lakers. Um, Lonzo Ball's, you know, a better overall player, but Josh Hart contributed more right away. Maybe not actually. I love Lonzo Ball. I'll never say anything bad about him. I take that back. Um, <laughs> just this college experience is huge and I agree with you completely I mean Trey Jones I, I do know a little bit about him he would be an intriguing pick but I would not be shocked if the Lakers you know favor someone with more college experience just because they're looking for someone who can you know be in the rotation right away as long as eventually contribute um, I don't know much about this realer guy but if you like him then I like him that's all I gotta say <laughs> yeah I was actually surprised with the THT pick in 2019 I thought I thought it was a great pick don't get me wrong I love that they got that uh that pick to take him mm-hmm. but I was genuinely surprised I mean at 46 that's it's a pretty good spot to get him um I thought he was gonna go a lot earlier but like you've said you know I'm somebody that definitely follows the draft a lot and I saw some mock drafts had him as high as like in the low first round I saw some mock drafts that had him out of the draft entirely. Um, and I'm somebody that liked him just because of that length. I think he's going to develop into a superstar defender. Um, and the Lakers could definitely use that. I mean, on a, on a team as defensive-minded with a head coach like Frank Vogel, he's going to be a piece that kind of fits into the puzzle very, very easily. Yeah. And honestly, you know, whoever the Lakers take, whether they keep their pick, whether they – what? oh, what if they do this? You should have made this your ideal situation trade the 28th overall pick for two early second round picks i don't know what team has two early second round picks and get both riller and tilly there you go oh. um oh i found a team that has two early second round picks who already the philadelphia 76ers have the 34th and 36th overall picks 
maybe they trade up because they like maybe Trey Jones is there and they want someone like Trey Jones who could play in the backcourt. Mm-hmm. And the Pelicans also have 39 and 42. That could work. That could definitely work. That'd be sick. Um, yeah. There's a lot of teams actually that have multiple second round picks. Maybe that's your ideal situation. Then you just get both of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, realistically though, no, whoever they get, um, is going to be, you know, it's I, I'm at the point where I expect them to be at least an NBA contributor. I mean, the track record speaks for itself, just with the guys they've picked in the late first and the second round, uh, all of which are contributors. Even guys like Thomas Bryant, you know, got a decent-sized contract with the Wizards, probably overpaid, but he's a contributor. Um, you know, they, they're going to they're gonna contribute. It's kind of like the Dodgers, you know, homegrown talent, pitching. You just expect them every year to have, like, a breakout prospect pitcher come up. Uh, I expect the Lakers to make the right pick, whoever it is, whether they keep it at 29 or 28 or they move back or, you know, or if they trade it completely, I'll trust them that they didn't like anyone enough, you know, and they'll probably be right. So I'll trust mm-hmm. uh, Rob Polinka and company. Daniel, one last time, just read me through your entire rotation and then I'll read through my entire rotation. Um, I hit up the graphics department here at Fanside and see if we can get a graphic made, post it on Twitter. Let's hear your rotation one last time. All right, so... Boogie Cousins, AD, LeBron, Caruso, and Oladipo in the starting lineup. Got it. Uh, The main bench pieces are Dwight Howard, Danilo Gallinari, Taylor Horton Tucker, Avery Bradley, and Goran Dragic. Okay. And then 11 through 13, I got Markeith Morris, Dion Waiters, and the Lakers drafting. I'll go with Grant Riller. Okay. So my rotation... I have, I have a question. How come you went from center to point guard? I always thought it was point guard to center, but I've seen other people go center to point guard. Am I just wrong? I think you might just be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I've only ever seen center to point guard ever. Wow. Maybe I'm just wrong then. Um, well, I'm going the other way. Point guard. <laughs> we got Avery Bradley, uh, two guard, Victor Oladipo. Those are really interchangeable, whichever position they play. Uh, small forward, LeBron James, power forward, Anthony Davis center demarcus cousins um and then i went more of a based on minutes uh sixth man based on minutes i think it's Danilo gallinari seventh man Derek rose eighth man alex caruso i think caruso actually might get more minutes than rose similar um it's really seven eight is kind of tied uh ninth i'll go with dwight howard 10th markeith morris 11th veteran ring chaser kyle corver 12th killian tile 13th veteran ring chaser to be named later maybe Wilson Chandler. That's just the first name that came to my head. I was also looking mm-hmm. at uh, Luke Mbamute. I actually got that. I also right. looked at him, yep. But he's played like 12 games the last two seasons, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, he used to be one of those guys that kind of fit team. Like, the, he was on the Rockets for a bit. I was also on the Clippers. Yeah. Great, great defender. It's just he is very much an offensive liability. Yeah, yeah, that's true. All right, Daniel. Those are our ideal off seasons. We'll get this made up. We'll have the listeners vote on them. Uh, be sure to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts if you'd be so generous. We greatly appreciate that. If you have any questions, we'll answer them via there or on Twitter. You know, whatever, wherever you reach us, uh, we'll be sure to answer your questions. Um, in the meantime, go Lakers. I, I be balling every day.